if a lawyer has to adhere to a code of conduct, a military person has to adhere to a code of conduct. Why shouldn't musicians adhere to a code of conduct? After all, we are the seasoning of the earth. We bring joy to people. We bring expression and feeling and, and like you said, these outer body spiritual experiences, not only for ourselves when we're connected, but we provide that for the world. So why shouldn't we live by a code of conduct? That's ethos. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with uh, the one and only Nomad. So Nomad is a veteran composer, music producer, music director, and session touring guitarist with over 30 years of experience in the music business. Uh, in those 30 years, he's shared the stage with celebrity artists, uh, including Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, Jewel, and Carrie Underwood in the studio. He's worked with Justin Bieber, Celine Dion, Aretha uh, Franklin, Sting, you know, a few people you might you might have heard of <laughs> here and there, uh, just to name a few people. And he's also the, the creator of the Career Musician Podcast and has over 140 episodes now because he's on a mission to empower musicians around the globe with strategies to create a sustainable music career. So Nomad, I'm super excited for our conversation today. I know you've got kind of got two focus projects currently that we'll be talking about and so looking forward to connecting. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and share some of the lessons that you've learned. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for that illustrious intro. <laughs> so Nomad, you know, you've been in the music industry for over 30 years and you know, I'm sure like a few, you know, a few things have changed between when you started and where things are at now, and it's still constantly changing. And, and that kind of perspective, I think is going to be super interesting to, to hear. So I would love to just start with hearing a little bit about you and your story and how you kind of found your, your way to where you are now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And that's a great point, actually. One of my biggest philosophies and you know, I, I teach it with the career musician, is that methods change, but principles remain the same. So mm. you're absolutely right. Back in the 90s, when I was starting out professionally, you know, the methods were different for sure, you know, mm. and the mediums were different and the business model was different. However, the principle always remains, you know, as musicians were self-employed, independent contractors no matter how you slice it. So basically in today's terminology, we're entrepreneurs or musipreneurs or however you wanna, you know, mince words, but that's the bottom line. That's the principle of it all. So I graduated high school in 1990 and right, actually while I was still in high school, I was doing gigs. I went to a, a great performing arts high school, Dillard High School of the Performing Arts in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. You can detect it in my accent and I'm Cuban Italian. So there's my heritage and there's my beginning. But yeah, the, the whole concept of that is, you know, my hustle was different because I had to do different things. Meaning in the nineties and early two thousands, I was going to a lot of network events physically. I was literally, you know, rubbing elbows, shaking hands. I was making phone calls. Nowadays, phone calls are less common, right? We're, we're texting and DMing and emailing. I was doing emails as, as technology caught up. 
But uh, in the in the beginning, man, a cell phone was actually a rarity. You know, I had a cell phone for business, but I was one of the few in the in the early to mid '90s. So things mm. have changed. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. I wonder, I, I wonder, like 30 years from now, what people are going to look back at, and we're going to be telling the story. Like, yeah, I remember back when. We had wires and we weren't able to communicate telepathically with each other, you know, through our brain interfaces. Okay, right, right. grandpa. And now you have, like, <laughs> <laughs> you, have you know, Gary V, uh, you know, yelling at us, telling us about the, the metaverse and Web3 and, and NFTs. He's like, if you don't jump on, you're going to miss the boat. And I'm like, dude, that's more stuff we have to learn, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, and just yeah. Keeps, keeps changing faster and faster. But that point that you made is so so relevant right the there's methods that change constantly and then there's fundamentals there's principles that don't don't really change so i would love to hear from you your perspective on what are a few of those fundamentals that you've noticed like all these methods of change but what are some of those kind of core principles or core fundamentals that have stayed true okay the biggest one again being an independent contractor self-employed entrepreneur whatever you, whatever you want to call it you're self-managed so the biggest, the biggest principle that you really have to adhere to, or the fundamental that you have to understand and embody is self-management. You have to manage yourself. And where does that start? People, when they use the term manager, they think somebody sitting behind a desk that does a lot of emails and phone calls all day. And, oh yeah, I'll talk to this agent and book that gig and do this and get you this, you know, sponsorship. No, not really. When I say management, I'm talking about, are you getting up? every day around the same time are you adhering to a routine do you manage your time well you know Mm. that that, let's talk about the big t time that Mm. truly is our most valuable resource and if we (laughs) fumble that okay if we're not frugal with our time what happens is weeks turn into months months turn into years and i don't have to i mean years turn into decades i, mean, I just turned 50 in june so i'm, I'm like yay I'm, I'm very happy it's a milestone i'm very grateful and i'm very grateful for the for the you know for everything that i've been able to do and i have to say you know we just moved in the past few months so i let some of my habits go like i started taking liberties with what i eat and i haven't been working out as much so but i was just saying to my wife this morning i'm going to get back into my routine so that's part of that managing thing you have to self-manage have a routine take care of your health you know i love to have a good scotch or a good whiskey but i can't overindulge you know you know anything like that that you think is oh could be a vice be careful with it again manage that but now just like you guys teach which i love the modern musician for this because you guys are saying take responsibility for your own self and your act it's a privilege to be a music artist and it is so it's like i i I was just looking at a post you said and you said earn it you know Mm -hmm. So there it is, you know, earn it, self-manage, do all these things. And, and the second principle would be, or fundamental, is develop systems. Develop, mm-hmm. you know, once you get those routines in place, now for doing your business and doing your music, have a system, have a schedule. So for me, I work in modules. And it's in my book, Ethos, and, you know, we'll, obviously we'll talk about that. But, you know, I split up my day into modules. The very first part of the day is family time getting my daughter to school you know it's a you know just communicating with the whole family having breakfast and all that stuff the next phase 
is me time where I'm going to, you know, do my routine, my physical stuff and get all that out of the way. The third phase, now we're talking about 9 or 10 a.m., is business. So from 9 to 10 to about 12 or 1 lunchtime, I'm doing just business. Emails, phone calls, contracts, social media and, and, and branding and things like that. And then right after lunch, studio. And then from, from lunchtime to dinner time, all studio. And then at dinner time, it's family time again, you know, for the rest of the evening. And then if I have to come back to the studio that night, I'll wait till everybody else goes to bed. So that way I still have that quality time with them. But just right there, those having those four or five modules throughout the day, that's a system. And when you adhere to a system, and believe it or not, I love the, I think it's Darren, Darren Hardy, The Compound Effect. He wrote this book. It's like, you know, when you put money in the bank and it accrues interest, that's compounded interest, right? Well, the same thing happens with your habits and the things that you apply yourself to. You know this because that's what the modern musician teaches as well. You know, so again, management and systems. And really what it boils down to, the third principle, discipline. Because who wants to do all that work? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. I'm sitting here like just learning different programs. I've learned in the past, you know, several months, like multi-streaming and about all about DSL, DSLR cameras and all this different stuff. And then starting to get into NFTs, like I said, just there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. If you don't have some kind of a system, you're going to be really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, there's, and it's something like doubling every year the amount of information online. Definitely seems like our ability to, you know, to process process that information in a, you know, in a systematic way that you're learning the right things, you have the right inputs that are, you know, putting the right things in front of you. Super, super interesting. The uh, some of the stuff you're just talking about reminds me of a book that I'm reading right now called Willpower Doesn't Work, and the whole premise of the book is about setting up your environment so that the things you want to have happen just happen automatically. You don't have a choice to do the anything externally. For example, like if you want to eat healthy, then you know not getting not walking down the aisle that has all the unhealthy stuff and or just not having things in the house that are unhealthy because if they're not there, then you know, you won't have to exert any willpower or put any energy into doing it. And right. that reminds me of what you're talking about with systems. It sounds like what, what you're saying is that if you put in you know, a little bit of energy up front to be intentional and create a frame or create a system, block off your time, like look at your calendar, block out modules, then that little bit of time you spend at the beginning is going to save you so many thousands of hours of of energy and kind of context switching and, and really lost productivity versus you know, having systems, having something that allows you to not, you don't have to keep it all in your head. You just let go. And the thing that you want to have happen just happens. Man, you said the magic word. I love contact switching because every time you do a different task, you have to recalibrate your mind, right? So contact switching, recalibration, that's so important. Matter of fact, it reminds me of what Mark Zuckerberg said, uh, Zuckerberg about wearing the same clothes every day. That's one less decision that he has to make. So he knows he has, you know, 12 blue t-shirts and 12 pairs of jeans. 
and two pairs of sneakers. He wears the same outfit every, okay, that's mm -hmm. it, right? Because yeah. that's that contact switching. There's so, so much mm -hmm. that needs to go on just to do all these different things. And then you mm -hmm. said framework. So systems, framework, you know, however you want to call it, absolutely. Man, it, it's, just, it's so applicable. Oh, and then you also said something else. If you take a little bit of that time in the beginning, which reminds me when as artists and producers and composers, musicians, when we sit down to make music with our DAW, if you have a template, notice how much easier it is to create a song, right? Mm. But if you just, or, or even like think of a mix, if you don't have a mixing template, yeah, it's gonna take you hours upon hours just to get going, you know? Mm. That's so true. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's interesting, like template, a lot of times when we think about templates, we're thinking about specific, I don't know, spreadsheets or DAW like templates. And the idea, really applies to so many different things like in and when it comes to things like the career musician and mentorship in general like essentially what mentors have for you is a template that you know your track would be pretty boring if all you did was just like do the template and there was nothing that you that you changed or made your own or made unique but yeah. starting with that template it just it significantly decreases the amount of energy and effort and work and it just it allows you to be creative to have everything in your disposal so you can actually just flourish right so super super interesting is the idea of templates in general absolutely yeah man mm. yeah so i would love to hear from you in your in your experience now you know you've seen a lot of methods change you've seen a lot of principles and true things stay stay the same what do you say right now is one of the biggest challenges that is sort of unique to our current wave of musicians? What are people, what are, what's, what are the biggest challenges that, and mistakes that you see artists making right now? First, uh, first and foremost, I would start with your own unique sonic identity, right? Or even just your identity as an artist. And again, I hate to be, you know, mirroring what your message is because i know you guys talk about identity and it's true and but not only having your identity and taking the time to develop it but that the development because back in the day motown would spend months and or years developing artists people don't do that anymore again we have to self-develop because the whole a and r structure has gone sideways you know mm -hmm. so because there are no labels like there used to of course there's still labels but there's not as many as there used to be and that hierarchy within has changed so much so so you have to get your identity first so what i always tell people is oh i'm trying to be an artist i want to get on spotify and apple and so and i want to do this i'm like dude have you developed your sound your unique sonic identifier number one number two part of identity are you confident because this says otherwise when you spend endless amounts of time on that google stick in your hand <laughs> that phone again you're squandering your biggest resource time so be careful don't fall into those pitfalls identity identity develop yourself and don't fall for the tricks of whatever it may be social media or, or, or the, the technology around us you remember we know this now we know this everybody knows that you're seeing the best version of anything or anyone that you're looking at on socials or the internet you're seeing their best version because that's what the, the platform is there for it's to show off 
what you're good at or, or how good you look because you work out so hard or the things you've built or the amazing music you've made or the amazing deals you closed on you know, this $3 million home that you just sold. Whatever it is, that's what the platform is for and that's great. But don't get so sucked into it that you just, oh, it becomes a, again, we know this, depression has spiked with the onset of technology, but also, of course, obviously the pandemic as well. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. I'm going to say this. When I was young, I, I'm a guitar player by nature. Eddie Van Halen was my guitar god. I was like, whoa, Eddie, I, you know, first guy. When I saw him, I ran to my bedroom, got the guitar out from under my bed and just started playing. So he really inspired me. And then I was into people like Steve Vai and all these shredder guys. And back then, there was no social media. So I can only hear what albums were out or what videos were on MTV at the time. Or if I went and bought a VHS, right? <laughs> That's some throwback for you. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have an endless supply, a plethora of all this media coming at me. I only had these few little things. So I would get every album that Steve made. I would get every album that Van Halen made. And then I got into some jazz and classical. So I started buying that stuff. But that's it. So I learned from those people who came before me. I learned from those who inspired me. But now, if I like Steve Vai, I have access to probably about 2 million guitar players who can play just as well as Steve Vai. Well, what does that do for my psyche? It makes me feel like, why should I try? What's the point? What am I going to do? So the answer, I don't want to depress anybody. <laughs> the answer is only you can do you. So do you. Only you can hear the music the way you hear it. Only you can perform the music the way you perform it and sing it and portray it and tell the story only you can do that and it's great to to emulate people and do covers i love my wife and i have a duo we, we go by nomad and lola that's our duo right and we probably have about 30 covers and we love doing them in our own way though so when you hear us do love me tender it's totally in our own interpretation or hotel california or another brick in the wall these are our interpretations because we know that well i can't i'm not gonna top pink floyd I'm not gonna top the Eagles. I'm not gonna top Elvis. I'm not gonna top Stevie Wonder, <laughs> you know? So let me do these songs in my own way. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you wanna take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now, we're offering a free two-week trial to our Music Mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars, the first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest-level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. 
then once a month, we're going to have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top-level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, So don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, it is. It is so fascinating that there's a couple of things that that I feel like can kind of point to what what you just talked about. One is the relationship between technology and like social media and having a healthy relationship with that as it relates to our productivity and our time spent and just our overall state of well-being and focus. It is super interesting that we have the ability to be connected on the internet, on social media in a way that is just miraculous. And at the same time, it's so easy to feel completely disconnected and to feel inadequate and exactly what you're saying with, you know, seeing the best version of everyone else and comparing ourselves, comparisonitis. Right. And one tool, it's it's a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. It's so funny because it's so relevant to a few things that I'm going through right now. One with the Willpower Doesn't Work book. Also, as a part of that, I ordered an iPhone lockbox that you can put your iPhone in. It's like a $20 thing on Amazon, but you put it, like I previously I'd set up screen time, but like I would figure out, I would remember the password and then I would just like, you know, cheat. Like, unfortunately, like, like I, my mind would be like, oh, just like go for a minute. And this lockbox, you put your phone in it and you set a timer for like eight hours. Or in my case, I set it from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And I've, I've, I literally just got it like two nights ago. And these last two nights have been amazing. Like when I've unplugged it, it's like the option is not there at all. I can't use it. And it's helped me be more present with my wife. And it's helped me get better sleep in the morning. I actually got... 30 minutes back in my morning routine somehow I didn't realize that I was using my phone for 30 minutes like in the morning but I was now I get that done before I do it and that relationship that you're talking about with technology is so so important that that we were able to be aware and and present with how are we relating with with social media so that's awesome and I couldn't agree more with what you're talking about when it comes to creating an identity and creating something that is unique to you because that's the one thing that no one else has is is you is like the, that's the one thing that you have your unique expression to be able to share. And it's interesting how it kind of relates. I'd love to hear your take on this is kind of like a classic. I don't know if dilemma is the right word, but but it's an important one. I feel like is that that balance between one using templates or using something that what's working for someone else or modeling or emulating, referencing success and also, you know, being totally unique and true to ourselves. So I'm curious kind of how you d- distinguish those two things and how you balance those when it comes to both referencing and using templates, using successful, you know, models 
and also doing bringing our uniqueness to the equation. Love that. Great question. Great question. Okay, two two fold here. Number one, let's. I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to start with the identity because, like I mentioned, Eddie Van Halen was my hero. And to this day, when I see a picture, the classic Eddie, you know, in his garb and his special spe- special unique guitar. I mean, he even had that whole design going. Uh, it brings me instantly back to my childhood i just feel like oh man i love those days man just riding my bike my bmx bike and then coming home and jamming out on my guitar hanging out with my friend ronnie across the street and my best friend greg making a rock band all that stuff comes right back right because that was my influence and inspiration but how did i go about not sounding like eddie eddie (laughs) eddie how did i go about remaining unique right as an individual well in the beginning i did learn a lot of his songs but then there was a point where i stopped hmm. people ask me all the time well you're a big eddie fan, you know fan you could probably play bust out eruption i can't even remember eruption anymore i got like i got like the first you know few licks and i can kind of do the tapping phrase but then i'm like wait where did he go did he do an e, e dominant seven with the a minor or did he go to g major i forget why because at some point i stopped doing the things that got me to where i am at that level so here's another principle of the career musician that i love and these these principles look nothing's new under the sun these are universal laws these are universal truths you know multi-universal truths if you will the fact that there's nothing new under the sun but you can only, and I lost my train of thought, you can only do right so much to get you at this level. But then if you keep doing those same things, guess what's going to happen? You're going to hit your ceiling. Well, how are you going to get to the next level? So what got you here isn't going to get you to the next level. So at some point you say to yourself, stop emulating others, stop copying. So I stopped listening to Eddie so much. I stopped copying you know all these my favorite players west montgomery george benson is another one of my favorites you know i stopped listening and i started taking all these influences mixing them up in the pot stirring them around and putting nomad style on it now i'm going to give you a secret my name is my birth name is michael rapole and we were talking about this earlier michael so we both share a great name michael (laughs) but i always hated the nickname mike I just don't like it. I like Michael. And I believe you're the same way. I, I, go, I go by Michael. Yeah. yeah, everybody refers to you as Michael, and I love that. But then my last name, Rapol, oh, everybody adds an I, Rapoli, right? Because it sounds Italian that way, but my, it's my father's name. For, he's from Cuba. Anyway, this whole story. So how did I get to sound like, in the beginning, before Nomad was created, how did I get to sound like me, Michael Rapol? Michael Nomad Rapol? Well, again, I just started playing on my own. When you sit down with your instrument or any, you know, instrument it is or your voice, you just start vibing and creating. That's when you're tapping in to your own direct muse, right? So you have a vertical channel with the muse. The muse is open and available to all of us all the time, especially as creatives. We have that sensitivity vibe that we could go into. So that's where you have to do that. So stop at some point, stop doing what you did and do something different. That brings to mind... The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Now, Mm. the second part of that is how you say when you're 
you know, following other people's roadmaps or frameworks or systems or templates. The old saying comes to mind, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, don't reinvent the wheel. These are all common little, you know, sayings. And really what we're talking about is if you see somebody who has had success in the area in which you aspire to have similar success, then yes, you can use those mechanisms that got them there. And I love this term, reverse engineer them, right? Well, how did you know, so-and-so build this. Well, let's look at it. Let's figure it out. Let's take it apart. Let's analyze it. And you say, oh, I built a version of that, but it's my own. It still has my stamp on it. Maybe it's still similar here. When Coca-Cola came about, Pepsi-Cola said, how did they do that? And then they created Pepsi-Cola. To this day, you and I can drink a Pepsi and a Coke and both be like, they're different. Even if you blindfold us, they're different. But they're the same. They're soda. <laughs> so. mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, a super good point. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that the way to kind of get the best of both worlds is that, you know, if you start uh, early on, you might reference or you might emulate because, you know, having a template to start with, again, is much, you're going to get, you're going to, you're standing on the shoulder of giants and it's going to save you a lot of time and energy, but there needs to be a certain point where you cut ties and you say, okay, so this, we're going to emulate this, but now we're going to innovate and now we're going to make it our, our own. Well said, we're going to emulate, but we emulated before and now we're going to innovate. I love it. That's, mm. that's the perfect synopsis of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably someone who's smarter than me who came up with that quote. I think I've heard that before. Emulate, then innovate. But it's, yeah. a, it's a great, a great, great quote. Awesome. So I'd love to hear when it comes to finding that signature sound, you mentioned, you talked about the muse, the muse and how you can kind of get aligned with that muse. And, and it, the way you're describing it, I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I think almost everyone who's listening to this right now probably can resonate with that because they've had that experience. It's part of what makes them love music is when you're connected to the flow and you're channeling, you're creating, and it's like, what is happening? It's like, it's something greater than me is, is like it's, it's coming through. Um, so I would love to hear from you a little bit about that, that muse and that flow state and how someone who maybe, maybe, Every once in a while we go through a dry spell or we kind of feel disconnected and we're just looking to get plugged back into that muse state. Uh, what are some tips for, for them to be able to do that? Yeah, great question. Do something different. Do something you're not used to. We went on vacation to Hawaii to celebrate my 50th. My, my wife surprised me. It was amazing. And one of the things that I had never done, but I always wanted to do was scuba diving. I wanted to learn how to dive. So we did that. It was so different. It was so uniquely stimulating, right, for me, because I'd never experienced it. When I did it, first of all, I was so nervous going into it. And if you're not nervous, then you're not alive. So you got to find things that still make you kind of nervous, that give you that tingly feeling. That's why mm. I say do something different. Okay. Mm. And then once I did it, I was like, wow, cake. I did it. Check. Now I can keep doing it. But also because I tried something different and it brought me out of my comfort zone, I picked up the ukulele that was in the apartment that we were staying at. I'm like, whoa, a song literally just went bloop right into my lap from the, the, the clear blue Hawaiian skies just dropped into, you know, connected. 
So by doing something different and putting your psyche and your even your physical being in another situation, especially I would say, if it feels a little uncomfortable at first, that's a great way to, to zap you out of your dry spell. You know, and, and, and that could also by by the way, if you're a super, super studio rat, if you're in your studio twenty four seven and that's all you do go to nature, go for a hike. Not too long ago before we moved, I, I, I was in a slump. I was working on the book, actually, Ethos, and I needed some inspiration. I went on a four-hour hike with a 50-pound weighted vest on. So I have this weighted vest that has all these little different weights you can put in. I loaded it up to 50 pounds. I brought two bottles of water. I brought a little backpack, headphones, and I listened to podcasts and audiobooks for four hours and I hiked the mountains of Burbank. When I wow. got home, I wrote 60 pages. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it was just like that, you know? As I was hiking, I was writing and I had my little Bluetooth earphones on and I was dictating, right? So mm -hmm. I was just collecting ideas. Again, I cannot stress enough, get out of your comfort zone, do something different. A lot of people will say go skydiving. That's not me. I don't think I'm ever going to do it. I don't think I have the guts. <laughs> but, you know, you, you understand the point. Get now you got to go skydiving. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going to say you did it. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to oh. show up to your front door, and oh. <laughs> bring my, my private jet, and we'll go skydiving. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I I did go skydiving once. We did it for a music video, probably like six or seven years ago, and it was it was pretty terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was a, when you're up there and this guy with the little tiny plane, and they open the door and it's like, sure, this is a good idea. <laughs> but that that's super super helpful. So it sounds like what what you're saying is that if you find yourself in a slump then likely it's because you're starting to hit the same groove and you're doing the same thing over and over again. And you might not be stretching yourself enough or putting yourself in new situations. And sometimes that fear can kind of be a compass where it's actually stretching you in, in a good direction. That's really, that's a, that's a really cool lesson. And, and also, gosh, just being able to go for a four hour hike sounds awesome. We live in Orlando, Florida, where there's not really any like mountain trails or things like that. But I've, I've thought about you know, wanting to move at some point and I would love to move somewhere where we could go on beautiful you know, mountain hikes. And um, a great lesson as well, just from, you, know, you mentioned that you walked to this far hour hike and you were super productive and all this creativity was flowing out of you. You were dictating as you were walking, got back about 60 pages. And that's something that I've heard from a lot of a lot of the most successful people are the most like intelligent people, like Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs, and like a ton of people. Part of their habits were that they were avid walkers. They would yes. go for a lot of walks, and it just there's something that happens in your brain when you go for a walk where it just it opens something up. Absolutely. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, hopefully, the listeners can identify. Probably, have you ever noticed if you go for a drive, you start to get creative? I'm not talking mm. about like stuck in traffic drive. I'm saying like you go for a drive. All of a sudden, the creative gene, it's the same thing. I think there's something about motion. So whether mm. you're walking or driving or, you know, hiking, biking. Oh, when I ride my bike, oh my gosh, I get so creative. I can't wait to get home to get back to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. I so I would love to hear, you, you've mentioned, you've got a, a book that you wrote called called Ethos, the yes. Career Musician's Code. Could you tell us a little bit about that that book and maybe give us a little bit of a sneak peek at what's inside? Yeah, yeah. Actually, this was a, a promo copy, so it has that little. Oh, look at that. 
gray strip above, but it actually says ethos, the career musicians code, and then how to stop chasing gigs and start building your music career. So this is, this is great because literally I've been working on this my whole, my whole career, my whole life, as I say, but you know, I noticed a lot of times with creatives, I can speak from musician standpoint, standpoint of view, <laughs> standpoint, at least from my own perspective. A lot of times musicians are insecure. Oftentimes the way they try to hide those insecurities is by putting other people down. <laughs> that, boy, that's such a negative thing. And I've experienced it. And guess what? I've even done it. <gasps> what? No, man, no. <laughs> <laughs> I shan't do it ever again. Trust me, I stopped doing it a long time ago because I realized when I said, when somebody says, oh man, have you heard the new so-and-so? That thing is dope. That track is killing. They can play their ass. Oh my gosh. And you're like, yeah, it's all right. Whoa, dude. For me to sit here and tell you that John Mayer is all right is a bunch of bull. Okay. The dude's freaking amazing. Fill in the blank. I don't care. Lizzo, I feel, I just give me an artist and be, imagine Dragon, um, amazing. How could you ever say something? Oh, how can you pick that apart? Same thing, scale it down to your little microcosm, your little network. Oh, so-and-so, Fred, yeah, he's the next door neighbor. Yeah, he's okay, but he can't play like me. You know, whatever it is, stop mm. that. Stop the comparison. We know it's the thief of all joy, right? And mm. you said comparisonitis, I love that. Or, or something yeah they, I, I got i got that one from one of our team members jared he, he brought that that word i'm like oh that's a great word comparisonitis yeah i love how we do word mashups now that's so cool that's like a new thing okay so anyway so my point is that's ethos okay so ethos is an acronym it stands for energy e is energy t is talent h is humility o is objectivity and s is savvy let me break it down i thought to myself if a lawyer has to adhere to a code of conduct, if a health physician, medical, medical expert has to adhere to a code of conduct, a military person has to adhere to a code of conduct, why shouldn't musicians adhere to a code of conduct? After all, we are the seasoning of the earth. We bring joy to people. We bring expression and feeling and, and like you said, these outer body spiritual experiences, not only for ourselves when we're connected, but we provide that for the world. So why shouldn't we live by a code of conduct? That's ethos. E, energy. Energy is a little thing, just like attitude, that makes a big difference. You walk into a studio session or you walk into on stage to a gig and you bummed out. Oh, that you know that's that's the response you're gonna get but you hey man thank you so much for having me here i'm super grateful i can't wait to dive in and kill this set tonight i can't wait to perform with you i can't wait to write this song with whatever it is and you're going to be met with that same kind of energy talent mm -hmm. don't get me started on talent everybody oh, what is it eight billion people now we all have talent it's just that some some people unearth it a little quicker or easier than others a lot of times talent is it's it's raw it's in there if you have an, an accountant that you rely on you realize oh my gosh she's got such a talent if i i could never do that with numbers how does she do that well that's her natural propensity she's just good at that that's a talent i don't care what it is a caretaker 
a mother. There's talent in everything we all do. So let's not freak out and be, oh, we're so talented. No, we're not special. <laughs> humility. Don't get me started on humility. Don't be a jerk. Be nice. You know, it's like, okay, I've, I was given this gift. Now, how am I going to use it? Well, I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to put people down. I'm going to lift people up. And I am going to be grateful for this opportunity. And I'm going to do my best to really make the most of it. Objectivity. Oh, stand back. Michael, you said you didn't like the chorus. Yeah, man, I was just thinking, what if we tried this minor two chord instead of the minor three chord? Yeah, but man, I, I don't know. Nah, that's not what. Nah, forget that, man. That's a bunch of, I, I don't like that. Well, how is that being objective? You got to zoom out and be like, well, wait a minute. If you're writing this song together and your co-writer makes a suggestion, don't just shoot them down. Zoom out and say, what's going what's gonna to make the song better? And if I want to continue writing with Michael, I better treat him nicely. I better, I better collaborate in a cool way. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to collaborate because people are going to be like, man, that dude is crazy. He's a control freak, you know? That's object mm -hmm. objectivity. Savvy, last but not least. Unfortunately, musicians usually leave the business to last. I have a saying, if somebody doesn't want to tell you what the gig pays up front, if they don't want to discuss details and money up front, then they're not worth doing business with. Get out of there. Hey, how much does the gig pay? You know, for me and my five-piece band, we have six of us, and we have to drive 200 miles. And, you know, I was wondering what kind of accommodations you provide. Oh, man, don't worry. We'll work that out. Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so be savvy, be on your business. You know, if you don't have enough money to hire an accountant, learn QuickBooks, learn how to budget your, your, your money. You know, sometimes we get royalties. I know I get royalties. If I don't budget that money wisely, oof, I'm in trouble, you know? Mm -hmm. So learn all these things. Learn how to read a contract. Oh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Well, learn about the different clauses and learn the terminology. And nowadays it's so easy. You can literally hold your finger on a word and a little bubble pops up and gives you the definition. Oh, that's so easy. <laughs> Back in my day, I would have to get a dictionary, a thesaurus, an encyclopedia. You know, come on. It's like, so, you know what I'm saying? So there's ethos. That's the acronym. It's, that's the code. And I want to say that musicians, it's the musician's code. Take the code. And I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I took the career musician's code ethos. And I wear it like, no, not a badge of honor. No, it, it is, but it's, it's more subdued. You know, I, I, another principle that I love to teach is don't talk about it. Be about it. Do it. Mm. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. And I'll notice. Mm. And even mm. if I don't say anything, man, you're so amazing because you're so humble and you're so talented and you're so objective and you're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. People will notice. So that's the whole point. And then taking that ethos, applying it to your life, to yourself, giving it out to the universe and watch how you don't have to chase gigs and you can build your music career. It's going to happen almost organically, but there's work to be done. So by the way, Ethos comes with a workbook. So it comes with a, a downloadable PDF workbook and it has little exercises and lots of questions and some questionnaires and things like that. So that's the whole point. And again, I don't want people walking around like, I did this because I'm so, you know, no, it's like, do this, apply it to yourself. Be quiet about it and just act with these tenets, these principles. 
And I just, I have, from my own experience, I know when I do that, things happen. Good things happen. When I don't, when I, I'm going to be clear, I'm going to be blunt. When I talk shit and when I'm irreverent and when I'm ungrateful, guess what happens? Not such good things. Hmm. It's so good. It's so good. And it, it just brings me back to what we were talking about with like, templates, right? And how you have 30 years of experience that you've been able to condense into a code, into you know, such a helpful resource for artists. And, you know, it's it's every single, at least I I know that the probably something like 99% of the most successful people, one of their habits is reading books, right? And reading a lot of books. And the reason being that you can get 30 years worth of experience and templates you can learn in a matter of, you know, a few hours. So props to you and thank you for, yeah, I personally haven't written a book. I would love to write a book at some point, but I've heard, I have friends who've written, you know, great books and it's a, it's a large undertaking, right? It takes a lot of energy and a lot of work and, and effort. So, you know, thank you for taking the time and the energy to, you know, condense 30 years worth of experience into a template, into a resource to be able to, to serve and help people. And I think anyone who's listening to this right now, who's a musician, who's looking to grow and reach the next level should pick it up and should read it and, you know, and do the same thing with any book that's going to give you a template or give you a resource. Because again, it's a, it's a starting point. Right. So, you know, you take the templates, take the resources, and then you make them your own. You learn from them. You take the parts that, that resonate and, and you leave the rest for later when it's resonates with you at a different time. But yeah, that's, that's super awesome. So where can people go to get the book if they yeah. haven't grabbed it yet? Yeah, uh, it's, it's available on all of our platforms. We are The Career Musician, thecareermusician.com. Go to the website. It's there. All, the, you know, Instagram, Facebook, I even believe Twitter. Yeah, I'm not as active on Twitter, but it's all there. You can find the links everywhere. We have a direct me link on the Instagram, on the social media platforms. There's a direct me link. If you click it, it'll give you right there. Ethos, The Career Musician's code. You know, but thecareermusician.com is a great place to start or any of the socials. And the, the whole point is it's affordable. I forget the, the promotion we're running right Right now and i want to say it's either 29 or 39 but it comes with a whole bunch of stuff you get the workbook you get the paperback copy physical copy you get a, an ebook an electronic version and then also you can get the audiobook that was fun i recorded mm-hmm. the audiobook and man let me tell you that was a lot of fun because i got to do it in my own character my own voice not my character of who i am and i added some fun stories so that was cool and like you said the whole idea of it was that it's a quick read it notice it's not that thick on purpose and it's a handbook because it can fit in your gig bag or your backpack or even your back pocket or your purse or whatever and it's a quick read because i figure hey musicians we're always on the go you can read it on a flight. You can read it on a train ride, a bus ride. It's a quick read, you know, but it's also a great resource to just have it. And that's why the workbook is there. And and you asked me a question earlier about emulating others. I want to say it started with Earl Nightingale, who's an amazing, one of the godfathers of, of, of motivational speaking, although I don't like that term because it has such a negative connotation sometimes. Napoleon Hill, of course. And then there's people like Les Brown and Mel Robbins and, and just all these wonderful teachers. Really, they're teachers. You know, uh, Jim Rome. And that's where I started studying that stuff. When I was a teenager, a late teen, teenager, and it really helped me because it, it gave me a sense of confidence when I was lacking, but also it gave me the tools 
to learn how to self-motivate and cultivate my natural abilities instead of focusing on the things that I wasn't so good at. Because even today, I could say, man, my social media numbers aren't where they're supposed to be. I could beat myself up about that, but instead, I'd rather work on the things that I know make progress, you know, and mm. that are in absolutely. my lane that I know I'm crushing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting hearing you even like list some of those authors. Like those, those are authors that I've read books from here and there. And, and I know I, I personally had a journey with personal development that was really important for me. You know, I've transformed a lot from in high school and I was a super shy, awkward kid who didn't feel comfortable in my own skin and learning how to budget my time and be productive and set goals and stay focused and, and you know, build confidence that from taking constructive action has been super valuable. So, so it's great that you're able to, to lend credence to, you know, some of the, the mentors that you've learned from over, over time. And, and now you get to do that too for, for other people through your book. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So like always, we'll, uh, we'll put the links for, for the book in the show notes. I'll put the link to the website so you can go check it out there. And again, thank you so much for, for coming on here to share some of your lessons. Yeah. I think that you, you, clearly practice what you preach just because the energy that you've like been here has been so exuberant and it's it's great awesome conversation and also looking forward to our podcast is coming up soon for your for our interview for your podcast the career yes. musician we've got it scheduled for next next thursday so if anyone is, is also looking for another podcast or another, another form of valuable information the career musician has a podcast as well so you can go check out our interview there yeah, and actually, we have over 150 episodes now, and that it was uh, real quick. It was it started when I was on the gig back in the green room, you know, backstage in the studio with all my peers and colleagues. We started as conversations, and then I started recording them on the phone, and then I published them. I learned how easy it was to publish a podcast, and of course, you know, we're audio guys, so we know how to make it sound nice and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when the pandemic hit. I dove in head first and I did over 150 episodes on Zoom. Man, wow. let me tell you. And it's an amazing free resource because we have people like Harvey Mason, president of the Grammy Foundation and mega hit producer. We have, you know, John Powell, mega composer, Phil Eisler, composer. We have Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. You know, we have some of the industry's biggest names breaking it down, talking step-by-step step of the things they did to achieve success. And once again, you and I have been talking about it the whole interview, you know, emulation and then innovation, and that's what it's all part of. You know? There's nothing new under the sun. I, uh, you know, I hate to quote that, but it's true, man. It's so true. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, man, it's been great. Great connecting. Thank you again for taking the time to come on here for this podcast and for taking the time and the energy to put together this book. I personally am going to gonna order it. Look forward to reading it. And yeah, until until next time. Man, thank you so yeah! much. <laughs> hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. <laughs>